Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to No Sleep on the CWR Talk Network. So tonight we have most of our crew with us. How are y'all doing? Feeling great. 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 Yeah, doing good. Good. Everybody have a good weekend, and you're ready to go? Definitely. Let's share these thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, to let our listeners know, tonight's show, we're going to talk about a little bit of education, um, the impact that it's had on our generation, and what the purpose of it really is. And I know tonight when I was thinking about what we could really dive into, I found it really interesting that all of our hosts have at least one degree. And I know that at least three of us are working on graduate degrees right now. So I know for me it seems like holding a degree is becoming more of a norm now. So I wanted to let you guys kind of weigh in on that a little bit. Do you think that having a college degree right now is more of a norm instead of this really big accomplishment, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely feel like it's the norm now. Um, And I, I feel like with my generation particularly, we've grown up with everyone around us kind of having a bachelor's degree. We've kind of been pushed to go the step further and pursue the master's degree, which is sort of becoming the norm now. It's not there yet. Yeah, for sure. Anybody else? <clears throat> no, I can I'm I, I can't do nothing but agree with them that as far as our generation goes, I, I see it often that this has to be like a monumental accomplishment, you know, when it comes to uh, just showcasing, um, like, what you've done, uh, graduating, showing off your degree, posting pictures up all over social media, you know, that seems, that definitely seems to be, like, a thing right now um, to, you know, to be proud about, be proud of. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's something to be proud about. Um, I know at work, it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we were all kind of talking to people in my department, and we were talking about where we went to school and what we studied. And one of the one of my coworkers, who's actually a consultant, he had asked, well, do you have a master's? And I was like, well, yeah, I have a master's. And so we called the other people in the department. We're like, hey, do you have a master's? Do you have a master's? And he said he felt left out because he wasn't in the master's club. (laughs) And I feel like, (laughs) for me, it was really crazy because I felt like a bachelor's was kind of like that first step, kind of like what Clay said, and then a master's is kind of starting to slowly become this new standard. Because I know when I went for mine, I was like, I want to be set apart from everybody. But really, I feel like I'm just like everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the the system plays a lot into that, you know, where different uh job positions and uh higher levels of pay, you know, come into effect where you have to go ahead and uh get different certifications, you know, whether it be a master's or a doctorate, you know, for you to be able to make the money that you want to make, you know. So I think that is what kind of pushed it. If 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 people didn't think that, all right, if I get a if I get a master's or a doctrine, um, I wouldn't get more money. Then they probably wouldn't go for them in the first place. So yeah, I definitely. wanted to comment because uh, I was actually looking at, like just at jobs of organizations that I'm looking to work for in the future and I won't say which organization it was because it's a big one but they had a a job uh, opportunity as a podcast researcher and they wanted a master's level degree see look at that they said required bachelors but they said preferred masters and I just laughed because I'm like are we really at that point of such a saturated market for education that I have to have mm-hmm. a master's degree to be a podcast. <laughs> wow. It's kind of surreal, but I mean, 
I get it because the content you needed to know definitely needed more of an educational background, but I was still kind of mm-hmm. shocked. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's looking for that now. <laughs> and, like, I I didn't come from a background. Like, half of my family, like my mom's side of the family, my grandfather had a degree in economics and my grandmother was a teacher, but none of their children went off to get their degrees. And, like, on my dad's side of the family, nobody had a college degree. And so it was, like, his kids that made the decision to go on to college and get degrees. And like, like you all were talking about, it's kind of like the push of the economy. Like it's gotten so saturated with bachelor's degrees. Now that to stand apart from, uh, from the average candidate, you need to have an advanced degree. And not only do you need to have an advanced degree, but it needs to be specialized in something particular. And then you need all this volunteer mm-hmm. experience. So, <laughs> It's just this, the market really mm-hmm. has pushed us to, like, have to get all these things. And then I also have family who feels like that's too big of a risk to go and risk that amount of money to still maybe not get a job at the end of the day and have to worry about paying all those loans back or they don't get a job that pays the bills, so they still have trouble seeing the value of pursuing an education when they could stay in a position in a job and get promoted and make more than they could had they taken the time off to just go to school and start from entry-level positions all over again. So I can kind of see both sides. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see, I, 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 see, I see a change uh, per generation, it seems like, that when our parents were in school, like all some of them needed was, well, before that, it was just the skill. They just wanted them to be able right. to learn the skill to go work in the factory. And then it turned into, no, we need you to have graduated from high school. You need a high school diploma. Then it turns mm-hmm. into, we need you to have a bachelor's degree from college. And now we at the point where we need the master's degrees in college. So I'm trying to figure out why do you think uh, it's switching uh seems like for each generation or and you know the the uh expectation just continues to seem like it's changing hmm. I definitely so, think it has to do with wages because factory jobs aren't popular anymore because you can't live off of a salary like that unless you commit you know your whole working life to that one company and they had good health insurance and so i feel like the i can't think of the word i want to say like the value that you get out of the job has changed and the, what they offer you which is probably why so you, it's gone towards more educational workforce because those factory jobs are no longer i mean probable to live off of yeah. And people don't, I mean, those are hard work, too. I mean, the bo- yeah. body wears down a lot quicker, mm-hmm. too. And look at all the health problems a lot of people have from working in jobs like those. I also feel like it's become more normalized to pursue um, a bachelor's and a master's degree. Like, it's just become ingrained in the culture. And I've always grown up around um, people, you know, kind of expecting me to go and get an education and and mm-hmm. like I grew up with, you know, my parents both having a degree and then my grandfather also having a degree and I don't know, I just feel like it was normalized by the time I got into the school system. Hmm. See I that's and that's what I, that's what I think Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Malcolm. I'll add when you're done. Okay, see I was gonna I was gonna explain that uh this the statement that this um, standard has become normalized, you know, you have to ask, like, for who? Because mm-hmm. I look at a lot of the uh, people African African American communities, and it's something that does not normalize for them just yet, for them to be, yeah. I, I need yeah. to get the masters already. You know, some of them still dropping yeah. out of high school, 
you know. So right. it's not definitely definitely yeah. something that's not normalized, you know. For yeah, uh, it's normalized for a, a select group, and I believe that a lot. I believe that the system understands that, you know, and, and they understand that uh, some of these uh, groups are not going to have, mm-hmm. are not going to be able to meet these standards, you know, that we're setting. You know, at first, at first they were, they, they began to meet, they began to meet the graduating out of high school standard. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Now we got to raise it a little higher. Now we need to, we need you to have a a four-year degree from a, from a college university, where some of them, you know, go to that four-year four-year college, and we t- we had a show on this before, you know, collect a bunch of debt just to, you know, say that all right, I got this documentation, and then you know, mm-hmm. the standard is, the standard is reset after you see them uh, achieving that. To uh, now, we need you to go back to college to get, you know, a, a master's degree, you know, in something and. Uh, it is difficult, you know, for a lot of groups, mostly the non-white groups, um, to, you know, yeah. meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to yeah, add, okay. I know for me, I guess I'm a little bit different because I'm the first person in my family to ever go to college. My mom and dad, they didn't go to college. It wasn't an option for them. Um, and for me, it was something that they told me since I was young, like, oh, you're going to go to college, you're going to do this. It was just, I think it was that they wanted me to have opportunities that they didn't have. And so I think that a lot of people kind of growing up with parents of being baby boomers, you may have not had a lot, that it's something that maybe they really pushed, um, you know, their kids to, to do. Um, but with what you said, Malcolm, I thought it was interesting because I did find some statistics earlier about the millennial mm-hmm. population and how, what percentage of the degree holders, um, what their ethnicity was. And it was mm-hmm. 17% of millennial degree holders were Hispanic, 23% were African American, 43% were Caucasian, and 62% were Asian. Hmm. Wow. So yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, with those statistics, with those statistics, it's, it, it, it definitely with that with those uh, statistics of the state of the United States. Yeah, this is our country, the whole country. Okay. <clears throat> and what was the Asians? Sixty-two uh, percent. But I also found another really interesting statistic that said 33% were men and 39% were women. So more women of our generation are actually going to college and graduating than men. Yeah, I also found statistics like that. That's that's, that's, that's interesting um, information, you know, but I believe it is, I believe it is, to the extent that uh, it's all by it's all by design, you know. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it is by design that uh, those those statistics of um, a lot of those the black the numbers you said for the black um, and for the Latinos for them to be lower than those uh, 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 Caucasians or the um, the Asians. And because uh, most of the, most of the time, you see those two groups right there uh, in poverty-stricken environments and just uh, uh, low-income areas. You know, so like I said before, it's very difficult, you know, um, for them to meet those standards when survival is not. Uh, Getting a master's degree for them, you know, survival is just to mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. put the food on the table. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. I can, I, I, yeah. I agree with you too, uh, Kylie. When you were saying like you came from a background where your parents didn't have access to that, that wasn't an option for them. That was the same for my dad. He had children at a young age, so he had to go into the workforce immediately to be able to provide for them. And so college was not an option for him. So he wanted to be sure that all of his daughters grew up and knew that we should pursue our education 
because a job can easily be taken away from you, because, but a, a degree can't. And yeah, and, I, I, I disagree. I think they I, take away a degree just as fast as they take away a job from you. Hey, if they okay, wanted well, to. Well, they'll just discount a degree. They they don't have to take it away. It just won't matter. Oh. As you were saying, they'll just keep shifting the goalposts and be like, well, right. you have that, mm-hmm. but now we just now you have to have this and that that like getting getting into grad school. Like I had, we had conversations amongst the students of color as just like how just the idea of grad school itself is a white idea. Like you can see in grad schools in the representation of minorities how frequent, like how much access we really have to quality education and to those institutions. It's only a handful of us in any grad school program. And that regardless, it's your ability, the ability of your community to be able to adapt to the dominant culture. And if you are in a community where you lack the resources to imitate those things or where you just, you reject those ideals completely, you aren't going to compete at the same level because, like you said, that system wasn't designed for us. Oh, and no, we're not put in a position to where we can repeat what they do. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it definitely that way in our graduate program, Chandra, and I, I haven't even thought about it in that way, that it is a white idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely have given me a way of, you know, reframing it, thinking of it in a different way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's necessary for us to understand, you know, and and like we speak on it all the time, and we it seems like it always comes back, but we always get yeah. back to talking about uh, the races, you know, and right. and I think that's I think because we live in a racist system, you know, in this system of racism, you know, it affects. Uh, areas of activity in this area that we're talking about right now, which is education. Like it has gone all through it, all through it, you know, and ways to, you know, affect the individuals who are um, within that system. You know, anybody that is considered, you know, non-white is affected, um, is, are victims of it tremendously just by the simple mm-hmm. fact that they have to go to, schools that are not uh, created by them, that are not developed Mm -hmm. for them, you know, in order to receive a degree of understanding. So after you complete Mm -hmm. your 12 years, after you complete your 12 years of of, of, uh, grade school, then you get a degree that says that you you completed it. I gave, you received a degree of knowledge from me. You know, and then you go on through your universities and institutions, and you you receive this degree of knowledge from me. You know, so it's all throughout the system that uh, even if you I've attended an HBCU. You know, some people say, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. HBCU or to a black college, yeah. you know, black school. Those schools too are affected by racism. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. all those schools are affected by racism. You know, and it is it has. Uh, uh, become become something that uh, affects all of our lives daily. Right, and it yeah, permeated our society, and it's so insidious in a way that we don't even know that what we are perpetuating is racism. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I know that in the past I worked for a couple for-profit education institutions, and I agree with what you say on the the system and whatnot, because those systems are really designed to pull in low-income and minority students. I know that Mm -hmm. we had master's programs that where I worked, and even though I was at an education institution, it was majority African-American, but they weren't actually getting the education that they deserved and that they were paying for, it was just another system taking Mm -hmm. advantage of a group of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So do you guys feel that holding a degree actually makes you educated, or is it more of just a piece of paper that can open up doors? Because we kind of talked about how certain degrees just open oh. up a door. Mm, that's a good question. So, yeah, Kylie, hey. I, I – I agree with both of those because I always have this debate with my boyfriend about how we view our education. And he was a business finance guy and I studied international studies. So I had a liberal arts degree and he viewed his as like a ticket to a job. And, you know, he believes in very much of like, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, And I'm very much the opposite of I got a lot out of my degree program and I wouldn't have been exposed to like the cultural aspects of what I studied and the language and um, things like traveling, things like that, if I hadn't studied what I studied. So it's interesting to see like the different viewpoints because I think it does depend on what kind of degree you get and what you put into it in college because if you just showed up to class and did the bare minimum I mean what are you going to get out of that like is that worth the money that you're going to pay for it if you did have to pay for school or I don't know I definitely think it's I had a more um, exposed experience through my degree and changing of perspective than just thinking like this is just my ticket to get a paycheck Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm really um, excited to hear what everyone else has to say, but unfortunately we do have to take a quick break. Um, before we go, we, I want to remind our listeners that they can call in with any questions or comments that they may have. The number Please, is 917-889-8078. WR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliche. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrell to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network. Gun violence is a major issue in America. It seems like there is a shooting somewhere in this country every single day. Even our schools and churches are no longer sacred and safe from gun violence. In fact, gun violence affects every facet of American life on our jobs, in our movie theaters, at public gatherings, and in other random settings. It has gotten to the point that many have become apathetic and have accepted gun violence as a normal part of life and don't have any hope of things ever changing. That's totally unacceptable. The gun violence has to stop, but it will not stop unless we get involved and demand that our leaders take action to implement measures to ensure the safety of our children in our schools 
and the safety of all Americans from gun violence, wherever they may be. That's why the CWR Talk Network is presenting the special town hall event, The Stand Against Gun Violence, on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. We have assembled an expert panel with the knowledge and experience to examine this issue from a variety of perspectives and to offer listeners information and advice on how to significantly reduce gun violence in America and make our schools, homes, workplaces, and lives safe from gun violence. Listen to this very important event live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Visit our website at cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV for more information. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Stand with us to put an end to gun violence. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group, gender-wise and racially, that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Welcome back. Um, I want to go ahead and share our number again if we have anyone that wants to call in. It's 917-889-8078. And before we went to break, Megan was um, actually elaborating on a question that I had asked um, regarding if holding a degree actually makes you educated or if it's more so something that can potentially open up doors. So I want to go ahead and allow anyone else that wants to kind of share their their feelings on that topic. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it does all depend on how much you put to the particular program that you end up pursuing. Um, but I also think that um, our society values, like, certain hard skills, so definitely certain degrees, Um in an undergraduate program are going to be able to streamline you to um, maybe other job opportunities or more job opportunities. Um, Because, I mean, I know a guy who pursued an engineering degree um, while I was pursuing uh, political science, and he pretty well told me, you know, like, I just pretty well have to get this one engineering degree, and then I'm going to have a good job that will be able to support me for the rest of my life. And um, I feel like it wasn't really the same way with me because um, I was getting political science and, you know, the type of journey you have to take from that is, is traditionally either you, know, you go on to get a Ph.D. in political science and then you become a, a professor or you go on to law school. Um, so, yeah, definitely it, it matters how much you put into your program, but it also matters, like, how marketable your soft skills and your hard skills are. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, yeah, to answer your question, I, does it make you educated? No, I do not think you receiving that piece of paper makes you educated. And this is just off observation that I know plenty of people who finish high school, college, and still clueless about what it is that they want to do with their life, what it is that they just went to school for, you know, and. Mm-hmm. 
and still lack, you know, uh, information or whatever they were, that they were studying. I think what make you educated is you taking the initiative to study and understand something. You know that that paper shouldn't validate uh, how how well versed you are. You know, uh, or uh, a test shouldn't validate. You know, if you can't. I know. I know. At least in Virginia, they had teachers take. I want to say like four different tests before that they before they can be considered certified to teach. You know, now some it's some teachers that have passed all of those tests, but just suck in the classroom. They they cannot um, motivate manage or manage their students to the point where they can begin to teach them. You know. And there's some teachers who did not pass those uh, certification tests, but are doing extremely well with uh, teaching the teaching the group of kids. So, like, I think it's all just a piece of paper at the end of the day. And the paper used in this game no different than those uh, treaties drawn up, you know, for uh, uh, Native Americans, you know, by those uh, Europeans coming over here and those piece of paper flashed in their face. It's just a it's just a document, you know, in this game that's we call life. Yeah, I can agree with all of that. I <laughs> I got a degree in anthropology, so that's not something you can just use right off the bat. <laughs> Either you have to go right back to school or you're just kinda out there trying to figure out what it is you want to do with your life. But, like, I appreciated everything that I was able to learn in the program. Although I may have understood the cultural aspects of a lot of things, I was able to see that the things that we were experiencing within my own community were prevalent in other communities throughout the world and throughout history. I got to make connections to things that I wouldn't have known were connected and then it helped me to structure my thinking so that exposure to all of that was worth the money that I had to spend on my degree but I lead people like when I when I'm encouraging somebody to go back to school I'll tell them well if you go to school that'll help you meet people within the community because that was a big part of me getting my degree because I had a lot of field research to do. I had to actually work with nonprofit organizations and individuals within the community. So I did get to make connections. So I'll lead with the connections that you can make in hopes that they will also have a good experience when they go back to school. But with those connections, could you, could you have uh, avoided getting uh, the documentation from that institution and still have made those connections and done what you said you done? Well, if I had not gone to the institution, I don't think I would have known about those connections. Like, do you, well, first of all, by connection, do you mean connections to people or do you mean connections to the I mean, the information that you obtain, you know, the, the once you reach that point of you began to read, you began to understand what it is in this field, understand that field of study that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Is it you could have you could have educated yourself at home rather than getting oh, yeah. a piece of paper or somebody saying that, all right, this piece of paper says that now now you're educated. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I well, like African studies, I don't feel like I need to go to a school for them to tell me that I know about African culture. I know African authors. I know African scholars. I know who to go find, who will give me the information that I need to learn on those cultures. So I don't feel like I need a, a, a document to let me right. know those things. But as far as the work industry goes, right, yes, the system, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. See, now, when you take to talk about the system, then you're like, mm-hmm. all right, now to play, to play this game with this, like, this, this system, yes, the documentation is going to be necessary. But it, right. It, it, right, but, but it, that's the thing. See, people get it, I think people get it confused. They think, all right, because the documentation is necessary to play within mm-hmm. the system, that documentation validates 
you know, your competence. You know, right. there's some people and, walking around that with that doesn't even transfer. Right. And that doesn't transfer right. across degrees. So you can be a genius in chemistry or biology, but not know anything about culture or politics. Right or the way that mm-hmm. the world works. So you're even if you are educated or even if you do know something, you only know that thing. You right. still have to do things outside of that to and call a, yourself educated. And that's a good point then. Who is educated if they do not know everything about all things? So, Malcolm, I wanted to make a point <laughs> about that. Because I think it depends on what you count, consider educated because mm-hmm. – I mean, I didn't just learn about a specific subject of study, but I mean, I learned this early on, but I think higher education or college is also a time for people to learn how to wake up early and how to go to class on time and Mm -hmm. time management skills. So I don't think, I think it depends on what you think of is an education and the okay. re- like the boundaries of that, because there are people that don't ever learn that, and they wouldn't learn that if they didn't go to school. And then if they went straight into the workforce, they might fail because they weren't gradually introduced to those concepts of like, okay, I have to, I have to make myself go to school and become more independent and not have my, you know, parents telling me what to do all the time. So I think that in a way is valuable because those are skills that you have to learn eventually <laughs> at some point in yeah. your life. Okay. What, yeah, I was going to say, I like, didn't learn those skills in college. About it, and what it sounds like you're describing <laughs> to me is something called self-responsibility, you know, and, and an individual uh, under uh, learning self-responsibility, that's going to have to come with themselves. Now, as far as education, what I consider education, I think education should be a system where individuals are um, able to pull, bring forth those qualities that are within them at the same while simultaneous understanding and learning about who they are, their history, have an understanding of um, their uh, uh, significance and um, input that they have into this world. Now, when we, I sit here and I, and I think of the education system, here in America, uh, it is a system that is one-sided. It is a system that focuses in on the European way of living, the European way of thinking, and the European way of survival. And you can see all of this through their history, through the history that's been studied, through the science, through the science that is taught, and within each, in, with, within these subject areas, you will see that what is introduced to non-African, uh, non-African students, excuse me, non, non-European uh, students and European students is that uh, stories, stories and uh, history of their greats, you know, you're, you're here to talk about all of their presidents, you're here to talk about uh, Aristotle and Plato and all of these different uh, philosophers and great thinkers where those individuals that look like them, you know, are reflected throughout throughout their whole education, you know, and they have something to uh, aspire to, you know, this is something mm-hmm. I think, wow, this is my contribution to, you know, to this world, you know, but when it comes to uh, non-white uh, individuals, you know, we, we Especially for the African Americans, you know, they see they see themselves in a lower in a lower position. Most of the time, they're being introduced to is being is, is, is discussing slavery, you know. And you move on, like you move on uh, through uh, edu- uh, through this education system with that mindset that oh, I uh, uh, one one student moves on through the education system with that mindset, oh, I can be uh, the president of the United States. I can be this great, you know, being. And then the other person moves through that with that thinking of, oh, we were slaves. And they and you will see the performance and the behavior and everything else uh, um, that goes with that thinking in their actions. You know, you'll see, the, you'll see, you'll see them behaving as, as such, you know. So when I think of education, you know, I think of something that is uh, uh, bringing forth um, 
uh, that identity, you know, that teaching that uh, helps the individual get from where they are to where they should be. I agree. <laughs> Did I hang up? Not <laughs> oh. What was that? Oh, yeah, I was I was just following up on what do you see education as? For me? Yes. I think when you first started off what you were talking about the educated, you know, if it actually makes you educated or not. Um, I think you know, I do agree with that. I, I remember my one of my first job interviews, um, they had asked me what my strengths were and not not what my strengths were, but they had asked me some questions and I had referred to, you know, my, my degree because, you know, in college they really gas you up and they make you, you know, they tell you how educated you are and how this degree is so great. And I remember he looked at me and he told me that a degree is nothing more than telling an employer that you can learn. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and so, really cool. <laughs> And so that's always kind of stuck with me. I don't necessarily feel like just because you went to college you're super educated because, like you had said earlier, Milgram, that um, that I know people, I know teachers that can't even speak correct English and they're sending stuff home to parents with spelling and grammatical errors and things like this, and I just shake my head at it. Like, I wish my kids wow. wasn't in your class. You know, if I had children, I'd be like, I wouldn't want, you know, you teaching my child. So I don't, I think that for some people it is kind of a piece of paper letting you know that you can go further, but there's so much more that goes into mm-hmm. education and it's really important and it's something that we do need to, um, you know, recognize that it is important and that, and that we do need it. And obviously we need it if we want to go any further in our careers. I think the method, yeah. I think the method exactly. of education needs to change, you know, and I think I think the higher education, you know, it, it's conducting itself more as a business rather than an educational institution. You know, it seems like to every year, you know, students just falling, climbing that, you know, trying to get these pieces of paper, you know, by any means. And uh, companies are just, you know, feeding off of this business. You know, and then uh-huh. all, be, all, all because all because they know this is something that the system has put forth that they need. All right, and since you since we know that you all need this thing, you know we're gonna set aside you know situations where you're gonna have to come to us, you know, in order to get money to to pay, you know, for these classes, you know, get money to pay for this room and board. You know, and it's a cycle. It's a cycle. You know that it that it has people just spun around and. and I, I do and, think and, that once. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I no, was I'm say, One thing that I do kind of think of sometimes is that we kind of preach this: everybody needs a degree and everybody needs education and you know, all these other things, but there are trades out there, and I'm not saying that anyone should limit themselves to a trade, but a lot of trades pay very well and a lot more money than people make when they go out of school, and sometimes, you know, college isn't for everybody, and so there's nothing wrong with going and paying a small amount of money and learning, you know, plumbing or something like that. I have a cousin who's a plumber, and he does extremely well for himself on just, you know, small trade school programs. Yeah, definitely taking into consideration that there are multiple paths for education, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like it's time to take another break. So I want to go ahead and give the number to everyone again. It's 917-889-8078. If you want to call in with any questions or comments for the team, we'd love to hear from you. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. 
We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic Violence Survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. Las Vegas shooting, Orlando nightclub, Virginia Tana Fay, Sandy Hook Elementary School School shooting. And the list of mass shootings in America goes on and on and on. If gun laws can't stop the gun violence in America, what can? Listen to the Stand Against Gun Violence, a special three-hour town hall event on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, presented by the CWR Talk Network. We have assembled a panel of experts to discuss the impact gun violence has on our society and what all of us can do to help stop gun violence and mass shootings. Hear from some of those who have personally experienced the tragedy of mass shootings and why gun violence in America must be stopped. Stand with us as we fight to put an end to gun violence. Listen live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. For more information, visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. People been saying to your friends, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, again, before we dive into the conversation, I want to remind everyone that you can call in uh, 917-889-8078. 
And back to your education discussion, there was an article that we were going to bring up, but I wanted to see if anyone else had anything that they wanted to share or talk about before we move on. Nah, go ahead. Let's speak. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay, y'all are good? Okay, yeah. there was a article um, that made national news, I think it was last week. Um, it was a school in Florida who has a no-zero policy, um, which means that uh, when students, regardless of if they complete the work or not, they are required to receive a 50% grade, um, and no zeros are allowed. So a teacher had, uh, she was a history teacher, and she had uh, a project for her students, and about half the class didn't complete it. And so she gave them zeros and refused to give them 50% since they did 0% of the work. And the school actually let her go. So I wanted to kind of see how you all felt about that. That's ridiculous. This was a public school? Yeah, it was. The district has a no-zero policy. Oh, I just don't understand how they think 50% is going to help them. Like, a 50 and a 0 are both an S. So <laughs> oh, how so, are you so helping the, that student? So the school board the school board created a policy that says no zeros, and the teacher, teacher went against that policy? Yes. Oh, all right. So first of all, she was wrong for going against the policy. Second, that's crazy, though, that – that that is a policy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because you know yeah. policy is something that you got to be voted in, you know. So it, it seemed like that state was seemed to be all in agreement. Uh, you know, they didn't want kids to get zeros. <laughs> Malcolm, I know you're a teacher. Would it be hard for you to give a fifty percent when someone didn't do anything? Yeah, that's what I said. That's it. Is, that it is. <laughs> Even a policy because I give out zeros. I don't really. Instantly. I don't really understand what I don't really understand what would have led them to create this policy. Like I don't know. It's it's like you're giving them a head start for their grade. I mean, I know a fifty isn't that awesome, but I mean, I still feel like you're still giving them something for turning in nothing, which isn't mm-hmm. really a practical well, yeah. way to look at life, you know. Um, you did. Yeah, I don't really agree with it. And they didn't really back up their teacher either. Um, and she did stand right. up for something. I'm going to I'm gonna be with the teacher on this one. <laughs> Got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I got to ride with the teacher, but at the same time, I understand that she went against something that was already written. But that, mm-hmm. this, this incident, like incidents like this, it, it, it just validates. Uh, that this public education system focuses in on stuff that really doesn't matter, you know, right. and makes it it makes it it makes it big, you know. They take a small thing and just turn it gigantic, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, I remember I remember somebody said I remember somebody saying that. See, with this education system, we got the uh, uh, school board. They're afraid of, uh, excuse me, the school board afraid of the uh, uh, the parents. The parents, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, the, the, the principal's afraid of the teachers. The, uh, the, the parents afraid of the students, and the students ain't afraid of nobody, you know? And they mm-hmm. just able to do whatever they want to do. They were mm-hmm. able to do whatever they want to do in that school, and everything is uh, uh, designed around the student you know, uh, pretty much having no discipline, you know, and uh, and going as freely as they want, you know, because we don't want to put our, our hands on them or restrain them because we could lose our job if we do this, you know. So students are throwing, you're going to see cases of students throwing chairs and slamming doors and mm-hmm. leaving, you know, doing whatever they choose, you know, and you can't, the parents, the school find out that the parent giving the child a beating, now the parent got to be facing with CPS, you know, and it's just like fear everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, then, I, like, 
Well, I was going to say, I, I, I understand that there's policy, and so you always, you know, at work, you know, there you want to follow policy because, you know, you have to. But at the same time, I'm like team teacher here because I just don't, I don't understand. I think if you start doing that at a young age, then what happens when you go to college? Do we have to pass everybody in college because they're paying money to be there? And it's kind of like, when does mm-hmm. the cycle stop for me? Right. Do you have something to say, Chandra? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say another thing with policy. I don't know what Florida school districts are like, but if they're anything like Arkansas, I mean, citizens don't really have a say-so in the type of education that their kids are receiving and, like, the policies that are getting put into the schools. There's, like, a lot of state takeover when it comes to a lot of school districts, and they clearly don't care about the benefit of the child at this point in a lot of the school districts. They're downsizing a lot of things, but they want to put all the blame on the student's behavior when they aren't taking the necessary steps to address the student's academic needs. They're not trying to make stimulating curriculums. They're not trying to find ways to engage students who have trouble doing their homework. They're not trying to do those things, but they want to staff the schools with student resource officers or put metal detectors in schools or now we have a panel here wanting to put guns in our schools because that's better than giving them updated textbooks. But I just, (laughs) I, I don't, the priorities of the people in charge are just so off right now. So, Andrea, are you saying that the curriculum should be more in, like, a local control situation? It it should be. It should be. But there has been, and I I know specifically here, there has been a lot of corruption with these positions on school boards, and that's a factor that's not just in school boards, it's in government, it's not just in America, it's around the world. Like, you always have to pay close attention to the people that you're voting in to represent the needs of your community. And if we're not going to pay attention to who we're voting in, we don't know what policies are going to pass. Yeah. I mean, specifically with Little Rock School District, who they don't really have a board that they've elected at this point. Right. So that's an example of the state pretty well controlling the curriculum of Little Rock School District. Um, and, you know, the people whose children are going there, they don't really have any control over that at this point. Mm-hmm. So definitely, yeah. And on top of that, I know in Florida also they talk I, – I don't know if it's passed or not, but they definitely was talking about arming the teachers or administrators where they are able to have firearms in the schools. Mm-hmm. I wish I thought about that one. If this wasn't a prison system before, let me tell you. Again, I just don't understand how you have the money for guns, but not the money for textbooks or resources that the school actually needs. Now you have money when it comes to guns all of a sudden. We're talking school to prison pipeline. The schools are actually becoming the prisons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Mm. Imagine, imagine, imagine the. the your third grade teacher, fourth grade teacher, walking around with a firearm on them, you know, just in case something happened in the school building. Right. Like that, it, things become completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some teachers, and they are not the kind of person that I would ever want them to touch a firearm. Right. <laughs> Especially for the kids that are behaving. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. there's no cultural sensitivity ah. training being doled out with firearms. They're not teaching them how to address different cultures and the different learning techniques that they need. They're just here, take a gun. Right. That I can see it now. <laughs> I can see it now on, on, on CNN. Teacher accidentally drops his firearm and it goes off and hits the child. Like, that joint is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Scary, frightening. <laughs> well, you guys, it's been really fun tonight, but we're actually 
running out of time. So I want to let everyone know that next week on the 11th is National Coming Out Day. So on our show, we are actually going to do our topic on sexuality, which should be really interesting. And I also want to remind people that you can catch up on our past shows at blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Oh, we popping. <laughs> it's been fun, guys. <laughs> All right, y'all. Be cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.